0: Welcome to Get Paid for Your Path, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. You're listening to an episode of STR Conversations, hosted by Jesper Rivers and Eric Mutter. Every Friday, we release a new episode where Eric and I have an organic conversation and discuss what's happening in the short-term rental industry, what we're learning in our hosting businesses, and through working with the thousands of students that go through our coaching programs. This episode is brought to you by the Rising Stars Mastermind. The only short-term rental mastermind for hosts that are focused on building real hospitality brands and scaling their hosting companies. Now, the mastermind's been exclusive to our Legends X graduates uh, since we started it, but for the first time ever, we're now opening it up to a select group of like-minded hosts to join the mastermind. Now, the mastermind is not for hosts who want to learn about basic stuff like optimizing listings and how to communicate with guests. What we focus on are really the things that will allow us to scale our companies and build long-term wealth. So we're talking about building systems, we're talking about developing teams, we're talking about improving our leadership skills, developing brands, and how to raise money. Now if that aligns with you and you're excited to work with Eric and myself for the next 12 months, then I invite you to schedule a call with us to see if it's a win-win for you to join. Now for more info and how to schedule your call, please go to overnightsuccess.io. rs Now on to the podcast. Welcome back to Get Paid for Your Pad, episode number 560. We are your hosts, Jasper Rivers and Eric Miller. And today we are talking about how to analyze short-term rental acquisition deals, as that's what uh, Eric and I are basically doing every day right now, looking at uh, hotels to potentially buy. So excited to dive into it. What's up, Eric?
1: What is going on, man? I'm excited to uh, chat about this. This is a, a hot topic right now, man, seeing the uh, the industry move. Into uh, boutique hotels and a bit more control of the asset. So um, yeah, it's going to be fun to chat about this because I know we're going to get yeah. a lot of emails saying that people are doing the same. So uh, it's going to be good. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. And uh, you know, th- we're we are currently looking uh, at a number of hotels uh, to buy for Freewild. Um, I'm personally taking a course as well. It's called the Adventures in Commercial No Corporate Real Estate CRE. A uh, very comprehensive course. Um, so we're, we're kind of learning a lot just from you know, looking at deals, but also from going through this program. And uh, you, you're going through uh, a program as well. Uh, yeah. It's called eCornell, is it?
1: Well, yeah. So it's, uh, I'm going through the investment and... Uh, what's the name of the title of it? I should probably know that. Um, but yeah, i joining the eCornell program. Obviously, Cornell has a uh, world-class hospitality... Um, um, program in the in in the university, they have a um great uh e online university as well. So I signed up for a handful of their courses. So I'm going to be going through that for the next six months, and it's really understanding how to invest in hotels at a high level, but then also understanding how to uh, manage a portfolio at a high level. Um so there's a lot that I'm going through now which is very eye opening what what I learned from this too and this is man this is a just a good reminder to constantly invest in education and learn from people that are doing uh you know actually doing it at a high level um you know the numbers that they that I'm studying that they're using as case studies in this program are so freaking massive you know 500 million dollar deals billion dollar portfolios right so they're they're educating at such a high level. Um so it makes it look like, you know, for us it makes my it makes our goals so much more attainable and realistic and I'm like, okay, well maybe we should stretch it a bit more because there's so many people playing at such a higher level. And if you're not introduced to it, um you don't know what's actually possible. It seems like it's out of reach, mm-hmm. but you know uh you know i've been in the program for a few weeks now and yeah just the numbers are blowing me away and the the people that i'm in the class with i get to communicate and connect with and these are individuals that are you know working for some of the biggest hospitality companies in the world that are going through to get you know refreshed to uplevel their their positions so um yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. I'll, I'll probably do some, you know, maybe when I get deeper into the program, we'll do a podcast on some of the learnings I'm getting from this. But um, let me see here. It's, yeah. Um, how to invest in, or investing in hotels and portfolio management. So yeah, next six yeah, months.
0: Yeah, you make a good point because numbers can be a little intimidating, right? We're looking yep. at hotels that are like four or five million. Three million, um but in the course that i'm going through as well they're they're giving examples and case st- they make you do case studies. so they make you build like acquisition uh and analy- analyzing model in excel um for deals that are worth like 50 million and the way they talk about it is very casual it's like okay we'll do numbers here and there 55 million and yeah. uh yeah definitely puts things kind of in perspective right <laughs>
1: yeah yeah 100 because when you're looking at you know i remember uh, when I first got into real estate, I was buying houses for like a hundred, hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, and I I bought a house once. Um, this is maybe fifteen years ago. I rem- I'll never forget it. I bought a house for four hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, and I thought it was the most. I couldn't. I was blown away on how much money we we had to raise to go and buy this house, and we put a hundred k into it and sold it for six something, and I was just like blown away by those numbers. <laughs> Uh, and now looking at these, I'm like, oh, okay, four to five million dollar acquisitions. If you're hitting the numbers that you need to hit, it's not that difficult to put together, you know? But then I also realized, like, you know, if you can buy and, um, if you can buy and manage a four million dollar hotel, you can buy and manage a 15 million dollar hotel, um, and 25 million dollar hotel, like, it's it's all the same ingredients it's just it's a it's a different type of mindset and intention that you're going behind it so yeah i yeah, highly recommend you know if, if you guys want to continue and this is the first time that i'm going i'm going back into a program i've invested a lot over the years of like you know online courses and you know for a thousand bucks here and there and you know those are those are valuable but the programs that we're in are significant investments uh not only of You know, money, but the time that's committed to this. Um, And yeah, I mean, I haven't been in school in a very long time, and this is a legit, (laughs) this is a legit school program, Uh, you know, being graded, tested, the whole thing. So yeah, it's just like investing into that and surrounding yourself with people that are actually doing the industry, uh, doing what you want to do at such a higher level just helps you realize one, the ceiling that you set for yourself. When it comes to what you can do in business, but then two it unlocks this whole other level of uh you know potential in what you want to do so now that I'm going through like how to you know risk management of a poor hotel portfolio of you know half a billion dollars and going into next week we're going into a, a portfolio discussion of a billion dollar portfolio hotel portfolio you know it just makes you think you're like oh okay there's there's nothing different here other than the numbers and then the quality of the people and the execution behind it. So, um, yeah, it's fun, man. So, but let's dive into it. Let's, let's kind of update everybody on what we what we're doing and, um, where our focus has been going within the, the hotel side.
0: Yeah. And first to give some context, the reason that we're talking about this, uh, and the reason that we're both kind of studying this is we recognized for us to build free wild, like a, a big part of us being successful is us being able to to do really good analysis on on hotels, right? Um, to really understand, like, okay, what what kind of numbers do we need? How do we analyze these hotels? Because there there there's quite a bit of complexity to it, right? And there's no what I'm learning in my courses. There's no there's no one right way to do it. Mm-mm. You know, there's not like. When we got into this, you know, like I, I Google online, like okay, business, you know, hotel acquisition Excel sheet, hotel acquisition model, you know, that we can just take and that we can just implement. And as I'm going through the course, they're, you know, they're explaining like, hey, there is no, there is no one model that that everybody could use. You know, you got to build your own model. So that's what they're teaching me in the course is like, okay, this is how you build the model, and over time you you fine tune it to your own needs, um, you know, and the numbers that you need that are important for you, and yep. however you want to build it. Um, obviously, the there's certain certain numbers that you always want to be looking at, like cap rate and you know uh, return on investment, um, internal rate of uh, return. There's, there's all the standard metrics that will will show up. But we recognize like it's so important for us to you know to um, to be able to become experts in analyzing these deals. Because the better the deal that we buy, like the, the you know, the the better the the easier it is for us to be successful with this business. So it's a really important yeah. aspect of it.
1: Yeah, I think that's the you know, I think that's the first takeaway of this is the um you know, I always thought the same when I when I look at these companies and everyone kinda of who follows the podcast knows like I've been studying, you know, what I believe to be some of the best hospitality brands in the space, boutique hospitality brands that are in the short-term rental space and doing what we want to do with their own unique flavor is that I'm looking at it and I'm like oh they must have a certain way that they do it or there's a certain um, set of how we run numbers on properties and making decisions. So I think that's a great that's a great takeaway is understanding like yeah there's some basic ingredients to every single good investment that you go into that you know have to check the boxes, right? Uh, consistently, but then there's also your unique approach to your brand and what the ultimate vision is of what you're what you're developing in your portfolio, um, and understanding how to manage you know are, you know the the returns versus risk of each property and how that affects the portfolio and and everything else. So yeah, I think that's the first first takeaway is like you, you got to understand your numbers, but then you and and there's a, there's definitely. Um, you know, the, the basic ingredients to those numbers, but then also you have to really understand what are you bringing unique to, what do you actually need to know for your own business and the ultimate goal within those listings so yeah. or within those projects. So yeah, there's yeah. not one right way of doing it. I think that's that's yeah. a great takeaway.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I remember when we were in Mexico, we actually had a, we had a couple of people who were doing kind of a training on how to analyze deals. And they also started with like asking everybody, like, hey, what's important to you when you're looking at a deal? And there's like 15, 20 different answers. In my mind, it was just like, well, it's all about the numbers, right? But there was like, you know, all these other factors. So I kind of wanted to go through some of the most important ones just to give everybody, uh, you know, an idea of like how we're approaching this. I would yeah. say, let's start with the first one. Um, you know, the first, the first thing we look at when, when, when we find a deal and you've been You've been looking up the deals, and maybe you can kind of share where you're finding these deals as well. But I think the first question that we ask ourselves is: Is this property in alignment with our brand?
1: Right? I'm. Dude, I'm if so if happy not, you said that, man. If not, yeah. then
0: we're not going to even look at it. There's no
1: point. One hundred percent. Yeah, because I, I was interested to see what you were going to lead with. If it was going to be numbers, right? Because it usually it's like, <laughs> oh, it's got to make these numbers, right? But. That what we've realized is by looking at all the you know every single day I carve out time in the morning and at night, uh, and then when I'm bored or whenever I have some downtime, instead of going on social media or, or you know doing other things, I'm on loopnet and looking at all these other websites looking for properties. And it's becoming fun because what I realized with a hospitality brand, what we're building with Freewild is like we can go anywhere in the country to do this. And it's freaking awesome, man. I'm looking at properties everywhere throughout the country, which is amazing. But the very first thing that I look at when I'm finding these properties 100% is would The Wilder, which is our um, uh, guest avatar, would The Wilder travel to this property? Are they seeking that? right? So like for example, I found uh, some really good investments in Nashville. Uh, Really great properties. They were brand new built, ran as short term rentals, Uh, very successful, great locations in Nashville. Have the license uh, and permitting all of that for the properties. And I saw a lot of opportunity for us to increase uh, revenue and the experience through the marketing and through the design, right? Builded, did a great job, but you could tell that they were not hospitality focused, right? And I got pretty excited about it, and we started running numbers. And I'm thinking, like, I'm like, okay, the numbers make sense. Yeah, the investors would invest into this. But then I had to take a step back, and I'm like, hold on. Now we're building two different businesses here because the wilder or guest avatar that would travel to our property in Idlewild um, will have a completely different experience if they tap into this property in Nashville, right? Um, and then equally looking at this this hotel that you know we're doing numbers on now um in Washington state, you know, it, I'm looking at that, I'm like, okay, this is a great property, it fits all the boxes of what we put together in our acquisition packet, the portfolio of our pro- you know, the profile of the property that we're looking for. So, the very first thing that we're looking at is like will this support the brand or distract from the brand? That's one of the most important things because if you can buy these great investments, and I want to clarify too if you if you're looking to just create a portfolio of performing short-term rental properties and you're not focused on brand and you're okay with having different mix of assets as long as that that's your portfolio vision that's completely fine to do that we are focused with free wild we're focused on creating a lifestyle brand that is serving a unique set of travelers right that will connect to our brand, connect to the properties, the locations, uh, and kind of identify with the brand. So they're seeking out these locations. So the very first thing is, does this fit the brand, and will our guest avatar seek this property and be excited to stay at that property? Because from there, then that the value of the brand starts growing, and that goes into the conversation that we had last week of you know, developing the asset between your brand and uh, your Propco and Opco. So 100%, does it fit the brand and does it fit your portfolio strategy? Exactly.
0: And, you know, things that we're looking at is number one is the experience, right? Like you said, like it's our guest avatar, the Wilder. Is that person going to be excited about the experience that this property offers? Or can we create an experience and can we change the experience so that our guest avatar is going to enjoy it? Um, you know, the location obviously matters as well. We want to be a couple hours drive from like major cities. Right. Um, and then the type of property, uh, as well. Right. We want to have a unique strictures.
1: Yeah. But also the location for us, and this is unique to us, right? So obviously in real estate, location, location, location is always the first thing, Right. Um, for us, our location, location, location is being one to two hour drives of metro areas in nature inspired locations, but also close to a local town that they uh, that is drawing people to that location, and then also access to uh, nature that's also drawing people to that yeah. location. We're finding properties that are perfect for the brand as far as like the structures and and the land and what we can add to it. But it there's it's so far outside of why anybody would travel to it. There's no, there's no downtowns. There's no little cute mountain towns anywhere. There's no restaurants, and that that creates so many major challenges for the brand that we're we're trying to create and what our avatar will be used to in our other properties. So, yeah, the the locations have to meet your portfolio structure yeah. as well of what you're looking for.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So. That's really the first thing that we look at, right? If if, if it doesn't align with our brand, then we're not going to waste money uh, time, you know, diving deep into the numbers uh, because it's it just doesn't make sense for us, right? Um, so if it aligns with our brand, then the next, what's the next thing that we look at? Um, you know, it's uh, then we then we start looking at the numbers, right? Then we start looking at like, okay, this is makes sense. And looking at the numbers is it's kind of. There's a lot that goes into that, like, as I'm getting deeper into this course, I'm starting to understand there's so many different, there's so many different things. It's not just the cap rate, you know, it's like really digging into the, the revenues, right? The historic revenues. Can we increase those revenues, right? Because we want to look at, we want to look at the numbers based on historic, but we also want to look at projections, right? can we increase these revenues or not, you know, by putting our brand on top of it, by, you know, upgrading the experience, but then also the expenses, you know, is, can we, can we, um, lower the expenses? Cause if we can lower, if you can lower expenses by 10% and you can increase revenue by 10%, that has a massive effect on the purchase price that we yep. will be able to, to pay like a big effect, you know? Yep. Um, so that's kind of what I'm learning with the numbers. Is like, yeah, have, we have to go really, really nitty gritty, and uh, even that's why even if it's uh, even if it's something that we're not interested in buying, like I'm still excited to kind of do a case study with the numbers just to get more experience because that, that's one thing I'm realizing too. We got to for us to get really good at this, we got to do this every single day and just keep oh, practicing. Yeah, right? Yeah. And at some point, you're gonna start. Some point you see, you start seeing like you see the pattern. See in the beginning, exactly. Yep. It's like, oh, this this project they spend, you know, their fifteen percent of their revenue goes to cleaning, for example, mm-hmm. right? This project it's only ten percent. Hey, that's interesting. You know, like you get a feel for all those numbers, and then you start seeing the opportunities.
1: Yeah, two things on that. One is uh, I might have mentioned this on a previous podcast. Grant Cardone uh, was asked the question. Um, if he had to start over again at 19 years old or 20, whatever, whatever the age was, and he wanted to create what he has created uh, in real estate, what would he tell himself? What would he do? And he said he would every single day analyze as many real estate projects as possible. He's like, every single day, I would, do, I would go and do my work to pay for my lifestyle But any downtime I have, I'm not looking at social media. I'm not looking at TV. I am going through deals and analyzing deals to understand how to value real estate. And that is one of the most powerful things you can do if you're stepping into this to acquire wealth is you have to understand how money works in real estate. You have to understand. And the only way to do that is to be active, right? And it's like anything else that you want to become great at Become uh, or even become good at, you have to uh, focus on it every single day and just go through the patterns, right? It's like what Steven Pressfield talks about with uh, turning pro, going from amateur to pro. It's just like every single day I know what my work is. I just show up and I just do that work regardless of how I feel and how exciting or non exciting it is. So, yeah, I mean, that's why I'm getting. Uh, I'm, I'm working in every single day to analyze deals from that perspective. The skill set that I have of seeing, like, hey, will this fit the brand, location, structures? Can we build, you know, pulling out the info from the realtors and the investors or owners, and then getting all that and passing it to you for you to do your thing of finding the patterns in the numbers, right? And the opportunities in the numbers. So, you gotta be freaking great at doing that um every single day. Yeah. Uh and then lastly on that point is you know, Grant talks about going through that, but two, it's like, you know, as you start going through this, you find the patterns in the numbers, those patterns will open up questions. And those questions will open up opportunities, right? So you know if you go on loopnet.com and find a property that you like a good broker is going to put together an incredible amount of info right on these properties information packets you know you sign an nda everyone makes you sign an nda for whatever reason they send you the you know the the financials on it um, and you have all those details but the moment that you start going through The numbers you will find those patterns, and those patterns will lead to questions. Those questions will lead to an opportunity to either buy the property, uh, get a different discount, or finding where we can increase the value of that property, right? So, like the one deal that we're looking at now, it's like was it like two hundred thousand dollars in owner expenses, and you know we're we're looking at it, and we realize like this person. And that's why I love this asset of these old vacation rental communities is you know, the mom and pop operators spend so much money operating these properties. By converting them to a uh, modern short-term rental experience, we can streamline a lot of that the operations and save quite a bit of cash there and be able to invest that cash into the right people to run run that property to bring it to the next level. So yeah, I mean we gotta everyone's gotta get good at running deals. And this is good, you know, that's that's good advice too for the people that are doing management and rental arbitrage. Even though I don't believe that you should be doing rental arbitrage anymore, but if you are, it's like and you're doing the management side, find properties that are for rent, find properties that are out there and just run numbers every single day on understanding will these things perform and then that those will open up opportunities for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's pretty insightful just to just to go through like the the expenses you know just to see like oh they are spending x on marketing they're spending x on insurance they're spending x on supplies how much are we spending on supplies you know and then it, it, it's very insightful yeah I, mean, I agree even if you're if you're managing <clears throat> just uh it's it's really interesting to see those numbers um so let's go let's go to the to the next uh kind of bullet point here so we talked about it has to align with a brand numbers have to work and when when we say numbers have to work, what we're really looking at is, can we, can we generate uh, enough profit to pay our investors what they want to make and, and still have um, pay ourselves, right? Have our management fee for, for freewild, uh, and then have some profit for, for ourselves as well? So that's, that's really what we're, what we're looking at. Um, but then kind of hand in hand with that is something we talked about yesterday is there's a lot of way, different ways to finance the deal and the numbers are going to really depend on the scenario. Right. Are we, are we doing cash only? Are we able to get a loan? Are we able to get owner financing, which you mentioned, and it's very popular uh, these days. And maybe, maybe you can explain why owner financing right now is so, is very common. Yeah. Explain what it is for the people that
1: don't know. For sure. I mean, you know, our friend, um, uh, what's his name? Drawing a blank on his name. Well, anyway, he was on our podcast. We were chatting with him about it two years ago, three years ago. Jason, Jason Hartman. Sorry about that, Jason. Yeah. Um, Jason was telling us uh, he's like, "Listen, man, like the real estate is not the asset; the mortgage is the asset." Like he was saying this three years ago, and he's like, "The mortgages are the asset," and I, I didn't really understand it at the time because the market was on fire and growing. But his philosophy behind this and and you know vision behind it was like at some point they're going to stop giving out one to three percent mortgages and the interest rate are going to grow and that's what we're seeing now right is like interest rates are you know tri- doubled in most places um, for most assets right so w- what what's happening now is the mortgage rates where, where are they at right now six percent. Yes. Well, six, 7%. Yeah. Yeah. So, right around there. Now, because you have a higher purchase uh, or um, interest rate, obviously, you can't, you can't, your buying power is less. You can't spend as much on that property. But the owners, the sellers still want a higher price. It hasn't really, there, there's not a crash that has happened. There's a, a battle that's happening between the seller and the buyer right now, what the buyer can actually spend and what the owner actually wants right? Especially these hospitality properties that are coming off of these incredible last three years of booking, bookings, right? So a lot of these owners, especially for the asset that we're going after, they've owned it for a long time. They either own it free and clear, or they have very low interest rates on these properties. Now, what we can do is when we go to make these offers, we could either offer to acquire everything cash from our investors and Obviously, you know, that the goal there would to be buy cash at a discount, close fast, get a cash flowing, reposition the whole thing, put a long-term mortgage on it, uh, c- take our investors cash back out and go buy another one, right? So the benefit there is moving fast and buying properties at at discounts because you have buying power there. Two is, you know, obviously a traditional way of buying is you put cash down 20, 30%, whatever whatever it is. And then you go to uh, a bank or whatever, you get a mortgage for the additional amount, and you buy the property, right? Traditional way of buying it. Challenge with that is just the time and the, just all the drama that comes around around getting a mortgage to acquire these properties. And then three is some type of creative financing. And creative financing right now, in my opinion, focusing on seller financing is going to be a huge way where you can buy these properties. Um, at somewhat of a discount, the owners over time will be able to realize the number that they're actually looking for because they have a mortgage on the property. Um, but then you, as the investor, we don't have to bring as much cash to the table uh, or bring as much uh, of a mortgage to the table. Right? So for example, the, the property that we're going to put an offer on, they've owned it for a very long time. Um, they have a lot of equity in the property right so part of the offer will be to hold x amount of the purchase price as a lien to the property so they they will become a bank to us we'll pay them an interest only for 3 to 5 years at a pretty decent interest rate say you know say they have a mortgage of 3% on that property we'll say hey hold a million for us at 5 Percent for five years, Uh, we will put down X amount of dollars in cash and then we'll get a mortgage for the rest. Right. So, what happens there is you have you can buy this slightly at a discount. You don't have to bring as much cash to the table, but over time, the owner can realize the numbers that they're looking for because they're still making money on this property. Um, As long as they believe in you as the operator, that's going to really. Run that property at a high level. So, as we're running numbers on these properties, we have to look at every scenario. We have to look at all cash offer and the cost that goes into that money, and and how lo- how long will it take us to reposition to get a long term mortgage? But then, you know, what is the the buying power there is that we can buy cash, buy fast, uh, buy simple, and we can get to the point right? So, give us a discount on the purchase price. Most owners for the most part, we'll like that. So you know? I was, fi- yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead. I was going to just to finalize that two would be like that mix of, you know, uh, traditional ownership and then three would be the, uh, the uh, creative financing.
0: Yeah. So one question that came to my mind, I was thinking about this. In this, in this scenario, the, the owner, let's say they have a mortgage, right? Uh, at, at, a very, at a very good interest rate. So they would actually keep that mortgage. And is that is that allowed are you allowed to like yeah. sell the property and just and still keep the mortgage?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean obviously there's paperwork and you know deed transfers but yeah, I mean you can do that all day long. So if you have a mortgage on it, there's different ways of structuring the deal, but yeah, without a doubt you can they still own a lien on the property, right? So right. And I'm not a seller financing expert. I've done it a handful of times. I understand the concept, but there's a handful of different structures to it where you can take over the payments, right of the mm-hmm. of the lien that that has happened before, where you take over the mortgage, um, and you're now responsible for that mortgage, but the owner is still attached to it. Uh, or if the property, if the owner has you know no mortgage on it and owns it free and clear. You negotiate a certain term, and you actually create the lien. You actually create the mortgage, and you put a lien on the property, which would be, you know, most likely secondary to the cash that we're bringing to the table mm-hmm. or the, the major bank that we bring to the table, right? So, yeah, 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 you can as long, yeah, yeah. There's ways of doing it for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I remember, I remember when we were in Puerto Rico, we had a mastermind member named Scott right scott yeah you remember scott right and he told me that he purchased um he purchased a building where he wasn't able to put together the the price that they were asking and so what he said was hey listen i'll give you a third of it now and then in the next 3 years with the income I'm generating on this property i'm going to pay you every month i'm going to pay you x amount of dollars so by the end after 3 years you will actually have your the full price that you're looking for, right? Yeah. So I guess I guess when it comes to owner financing, there's, there's a lot of... It's all about just negotiating with the owner, right? There's so many different ways that you could do it. Yeah. It comes down to negotiating.
1: Yeah, you have to... I mean, this is where sales come, comes into place, right? Becoming a good salesperson is really understanding what is the motivation behind the sale, right? And most of the time, the people that we're going after... Uh, they've, they're owner operators. They've been running these locations for a very long, very long time and they want to cash out. They want to retire. They're tired of running it, the whole thing, right? Um, now, we ha- it, once you understand the motivation of the sale, understanding what do they actually need, and this is where the conversation comes from. You have to build that rapport and you have to build that connection with the seller to truly understand it. Obviously, you know if there's realtors involved, there's ways of kind of managing that. But it's always better to kind of get direct to the seller to understand this stuff. But what I've noticed in the past, and the way that we're going to be building this out for our purchases moving forward, it's like most of the time, if you understand the long haul, people will like they like uh, residual income, and that's what being a a more you know holding a mortgage there is like. If they believe in you and your ability to to run this property consistently and pay those, those fees down, you can introduce to them, hey, over the next three to five years, we'll pay you interest only on this every single month, right, for three to five years. That equals out X amount of dollars on this. Um, but you take a lower price now, we give you X amount of dollars cash, so you're leaving with cash in your pocket, right? You have monthly income coming on this property and it's secured to the actual property itself. Right. So for the right people that are willing to, to do this, and I think nowadays going into the economy that we're going into and like I think we can sell it pretty damn hard on on the benefits of seller financing. Right. Yeah. Not everyone's gonna take that, but there are people out there that are that see the opportunity. So um yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I think it's something that everyone should be studying right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and this it's changed very quickly because when we bought our property in Ottawa, that wasn't the case, right? It was like... No, nah, I
1: mean, we bought at yeah. the peak, man. We bought at the top <laughs> of the market because directly after that, like properties, two things happened. They, they changed the short-term rental laws uh, in the area and two is, you know, interest rates went up. So properties were just sitting longer.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was good timing
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. It's going to work out well. The, the equity play on that property and like that being the, the flagship of free wild in the low, loca- like we can't get a better location. The property's incredible. It's not as big as we want to want to go with this, but as a, as an MVP, as a, uh, flag, you know, um, you know, the flagship location, I think it was perfect and the numbers yeah. work very well.
0: Um, <clears throat> let's uh let's go to the last kind of bullet point that I wanted to discuss um, is the value adds right so looking at the property and thinking about okay are there are there additional revenue streams for us to develop can we you know build extra units or can we uh, improve the experience um, by investing in the current units right that's a mm-hmm. that's a big factor to um, to keep in mind and you know our pro- that's one of the reasons why we bought The property in Ottawa, right? Because it has extra land where we can buy additional cabins, and that's the same. That's the case as well for the hotel that we're looking at right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, every single property that we're going to buy, you know, we have to have some type of value add to it, right? And there's many different reasons behind it, Uh, tax advantages, and you know, uh, equity build the whole thing. Um, But yeah, our model is acquiring these older properties where. They have really good infrastructure, so we can renovate and rebrand the existing units. But then um, we also have the ability to expand square footage, right? So this one property we're looking at has 10 cabins. They're doing extremely well. But we also have the ability uh, to acquire, um, they have 2 lots um, and acquire an additional 20 acres on top of this be able to expand anywhere between 15 and 25 new units, cabins on that, right? We did the numbers and it was like, you know, each cabin made, what was it, 100K per year?
0: Yeah, yeah. So this, this is a very simple example. Right? This property, they're asking for 4 million. It's 10 cabins doing about a million in revenue, right? So that's 100,000 per cabin. But if we can build an additional cabin for 200,000, Then you know we're making an extra hundred thousand in revenue on an additional two hundred thousand of 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 investments, right? So that's a that's a that's two times the return on investment of versus the original property, right? So it really increases the the ROI for us.
1: And there's you know of course the you know as we're going through these numbers, we have to understand like will the market does the market actually have the demand to support 15 and 25 new cabins, Mm -hmm. right? And is it in a location to where we can actually do the build, right? So we're looking at, I think we were talking about, you know, 500 square feet-ish, give or take of the cabin size and putting a very high number on construction, which would include everything from, you know, approval to staging, right? So everything Mm -hmm. through that process of $300 a square foot, which is, you know, it's inflated for that market but like even at those numbers we're like all right if we're at that from a to z from concept to uh opening door um you know then it's a great it's a great investment for us and then you think of the equity play the value of that property how much it increases with just obviously the the brand and you know the opt- optimizing the operations, but then also, you know, adding that many that much square footage to the property and, and maintaining that demand that's there. I mean, you know, talk about an incredible exit on those properties if we choose to do that,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if we can uh, <clears throat> if we can double the amount of units, um, then we're in a few years time we could either get a loan a much a loan that's much higher than what we've actually invested, right sure. or we could sell it, but probably wouldn't sell it. Um, yeah, we'll sell a couple. Awesome.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't mind uh, a nice payday uh, from time to time, but yeah, the goal is to build wealth over time, right? And yeah. you know, the goal is to kind of hold as much of this real estate as possible.
0: Yeah, and that wealth building goes can go pretty fast because uh, we're you know we've been looking at some other deals as well where somebody literally bought a property, invested two or two and a half million. Um, and then like, you know, like got really good revenue on it. And now, now it's on the market for like four, four or and a half. Right. And you're mm-hmm. looking at it and you're thinking, damn, this person might be making a couple million in just a few years.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, uh that's why I love the real estate game. And I'm telling you, building this, building the short term rental side, the the brand on top of it, like the value of these units just skyrocket because, you, you know, is will leave let's leave it at this. Like I'm looking at this one property. I haven't introduced this one to you yet. I'm looking at this one property. It has, it's on 15 acres and it has four cabins, four decent sized cabins that are, I think uh, one bedroom, one bath each, right? Four decent size. And they're spread out across the acreage. Uh, And it has approval to build an additional 15 or I think 15 more cabins of that size, right? They're selling this currently at $400,000 a room, okay, for the four cabins, right? Equally, I found a hotel that's in the exact same market, right? And this is a small market. I found a hotel that's in that market. It has 37 rooms, right? So much bigger uh, than, it, than it's at now. And it's selling for $28,000 a room, Twenty eight? 28000 Versus four hundred thousand. What's that? Twenty eight or t- 280000 hundred eighty? Twenty eight thousand dollars a room. So they're selling that at one million dollars. One million fifty thousand. Wow. Right now, the reason why I'm bringing this place. up is like the difference and the cap rate on this property. You know, the the thirty seven room is. You know, they're marketing it at twelve point three eight. But the reason why I bring this up is. There's such a the value that we can increase on these properties as short-term rentals versus a hotel. It's such a different it's a, it's a different asset class, right? And the value that we can create by creating these boutique experiences and the demand that we can get in those properties versus what a traditional hotel can get in a similar market is freaking unbelievable, right? And I was I was comparing I was comparing those two. And I'm like blown away. Because it's in the exact same market, there's not a lot in that market, but the four unit hotel short term rental hotel with the ability to expand, which will still be less than what this uh, traditional hotel is marketing, attracts such a different avatar at such a different rate consistently versus a regular hotel right in that same market. so the value play, in my opinion is just it's a fun industry to be a part this sector of the real estate. Industry is so fun because we're kind of carving out uh, uh, our own asset class mm. in this space.
0: Yeah, I thought you were a zero off or something down
1: there, but uh, <laughs> no, man, I was blown away by it. And it's a it's a good looking hotel, you know. But it's a traditional hotel. I would pass by it, you know. It's you know it's a regular hotel, bed, bathroom, you know. Like it's nothing. It's nothing special. Right, um, but it's nice, and they have been doing a good job, and it's massive. But you know, they're look. This is a perfect example. Their daily rate on this is sixty four dollars to eighty four dollars a night, where the other property is a hundred to two hundred and fifty dollars a night.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So you can still you can still get a room in the U.S. for like sixty bucks. That's, that's good to know. Oh, dude,
1: I can show I could show you some hotels, man. You can get it for ten dollars a night. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So that's that's it. Hopefully, uh, the listeners found this valuable. And of course, we want to we want to hear from you guys. We want to learn from you guys. Um, not we don't consider ourselves experts here, but we're on the journey to uh, to to become you know, very proficient and great at this niche uh, of what we're in. So we want to hear from yeah. the people that are currently buying boutique hotels, the people that are currently building these cabin communities, unique structures, things like that. People that are building unique brands and have similar ideas and, and buying real estate, raising money, the whole thing. So just reach out to us and love we'll to chat with you. And, um, you know, we'll continue to share this uh, free wild journey with everybody. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 100% um it's gonna be a big part of uh what we're gonna be focused on in the next uh few months so yeah excited uh you're gonna go snowboarding this weekend yeah, i'm gonna try
1: i'm gonna try i uh yeah we're heading we're flying up to mammoth uh lakes right now, which is about an hour flight um and yeah we're we're staying up there i'm, I'm gonna go look at a hotel that's for sale it's the only property that's for sale up there um and uh yeah, I'm gonna try to do some snowboarding one day, but yeah, next Monday I kick into a uh, a whole training session. I hired a uh, fitness coach and committed to a uh, six month journey to kind of rebuild my body, which is exciting. Kind of step into a high level uh, training uh, four days a week. Um, so I'm not gonna go too crazy because I don't know how to snowboard, and last time I went snowboarding uh, didn't end well. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, my goal yeah, is to try be, to learn. Be
0: careful. Be careful. A lot yeah. of people break their wrists when they go snowboarding. Oh, so uh, no, dude. Just I'm going to have everything.
1: I'm going to have the butt pillow. I'm going to have the <laughs> wrist guards, a helmet. I'm going to have it all, bro. No, no shame. All right. Sounds good, man. Um, I'm flying out to Bogota
0: for because uh, it's Easter, right? Easter holiday. Oh, it is. E- Wait, is it, it Easter? it's Easter holiday. I guess so. Yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, so I'm flying to Bogota in Colombia. never been there. And uh, we're going to do some hiking. We're going to check
1: out some restaurants. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Right on. Oh, yeah, it is Easter. And uh, by the way, uh, happy birthday to my uh, grandfather. It turns 102 today. Wow. 102. Wow. Congrats, man. That's that's incredible. Crazy crazy old Irishman still living in Jersey doing his thing. Um, But yeah, happy birthday, Pop. All right. Happy birthday. All right, uh, everybody. Thanks for listening.
0: Have a great Easter weekend. Um, and uh, yeah, let us know if you're, uh, if you're doing something similar as what we're doing. Uh, we we'll, always uh, love to connect with you. So that's it for today. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals really hope you enjoyed the show this episode is brought to you by the rising stars mastermind the only short-term rental mastermind for hosts focused on building hospitality brands scaling their hosting companies now this mastermind has been around for almost two years but it's been exclusive to our legends x graduates but now for the first time ever we're actually opening it up up to a select group of like-minded hosts to join us in the mastermind. Now, this is not a beginner mastermind. It's not for people who wanna learn the basics around Airbnb and short-term rentals. What we focus on are the things that will allow us to really scale and grow, right? So we're talking about building systems. We're talking about how to build teams how to hire the right people how to develop your leadership skills how to become the CEO of your company uh, how to develop your brand and how to raise money now if that's something that aligns with you and you're excited to work with us uh, for the next 12 months then I invite you to chat with us to see if it's a win-win for you uh, you can find more information on the mastermind at overnightsuccess.io slash rs and that's also where you can schedule a call with our team uh, to discuss the mastermind and uh, see if it's a good fit so uh, appreciate you all, and we'll see you next time. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your
1: pet. Get paid for your pet. Get for your pet